Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Netflix stock crashed 35% this week, and our traffic spiked 350 million percent. Coincidence? I think not. Hi, kids. You're tuned into the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel. Cheese is the new black cheeseman. And this is Chad, never been to Disney World, so wash. And on this week's podcast, Oyster tells remote to hold its beer. Higher View says buyer beware, and the days of secretly monitoring your employees may be coming to an end. Can you dig it? I knew that you could. We'll be right back. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating? manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, Yeah. simplicity. <laughs> Seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text Uh. kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> okay, so you, you've got to find it hilarious when reporters are talking about Disney World moving out of Florida, right? Is it just me? 
Is that a new thing? Is that new? I mean, I know that DeSantis is going after their, I guess, special uh, status. Yeah. But I haven't heard that they're looking to move. And where the hell would they move? Texas? I mean, (laughs) they already got Disneyland in California. I don't know where the hell they would go. Yeah, they're going to have the same problems in Texas that they have in Florida. But I mean, Disney World's been their own like sovereign nation in Florida. And I mean, seriously, Orlando was nothing but a pit prior to that anyway, right? A hot pit. Hot, a hot pit. nasty fucking pit. But yeah, it's just, it's it's hilarious. I mean, it's nothing mm-hmm. but spinning that we see out there. Disney World, I've never been to it, but uh, many of my friends uh, have and they love it and they say it's gigundous. It's it's bigger than any Whoa, no you've city. never been to Disney World? <laughs> no, for what? For fun. It's the happiest place on earth. You got to go to Disney World, man. Come on. I took my kids to, to Europe for three weeks. They, this I explains like that why you're so angry all the time. Just go to <laughs> Disney World, for God's sakes. Goodness, goodness. Yeah, let's play political football with Disney. That seems like a good idea. It doesn't. It does not. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we get to shout outs or shout you want to small talk some more? No, shout outs. Let me start off with uh, Lydia Hofel, who tagged us in a LinkedIn post where she shared a news clipping from the Cleveland Press in 1972, which talked about a local company promoting the four day work week. Lydia found it interesting that today we think a four day work week is a new concept. It's not. So thanks for sharing, Lydia, and uh, keep it coming. Nice Cleveland Press. Yes. Highlight. Uh, Newspaper nice. that exists no longer. It's all yeah. about the plane dealer. Uh, I'm going to go tech on, on mine. I'm going to give a shout out to iRobot. Shall we play a game? The, the vacuum cleaner, Chad, that Will you've Smith? probably seen oh, on television. Okay, no. okay. Yeah, yeah, not the movie. Not the movie. So in celebration of National Robotics Week, that was news to me too, iRobot has launched the Create 3 Educational Robot based on the robot vacuum minus the actual vacuuming. Uh, In so doing, the company says it's delivering STEM tools to all levels of the educational community, empowering the next generation of engineers, scientists, and enthusiasts to do more, enabling students, educators, and developers to be in the driver's seat of robotics exploration, allowing them to, quote, one day discover new ways for robots to benefit society, end quote. We're always talking about companies need to do a better job of integrating with schools, particularly high schools, and iRobot is walking the walk. So shout out to iRobot. Shall we play a game? Yeah, gotta love that. Every kid, that, that should actually be a toy under the Christmas tree. I mean, you have this, this almost, it was like an erector set when we were growing up, right? We were building yeah, shit. logs. Same thing, dude. Same thing, just more sophisticated, obviously, also with software. So, I mean, you can actually program it. So you get the hands-on with the technical piece and then also mm-hmm. the the development stuff. Man, I, I love that. Shout out to iRobot. Shout out to Corey Kapner over at Recruitix. He was on a road trip with his wife and he pinged me to have lunch last week as he was passing through. So it was great to sit down, have a beer, lunch. Great guy from the industry and loyal listener stopping by and and paying for lunch. That was awesome too. I didn't mind that. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Where'd you where'd you take him? Went to Upland, right on the river. Yeah, okay. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I got to see Columbus. You take them around a little bit, see the architecture and all the, the, the highlights of Columbus. It's a lovely town. Now, he had to unask the area. They had to go to Annapolis. Gotcha. I don't know if there's Columbus, Indiana in the metaverse, but there sure as hell should be. My second shout out <laughs> goes to Somnian space. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Chad, you know the show Download, Amazon Prime, right? Yes. It's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, exactly. So, well, Somnian Space is developing a way for people to talk to their loved ones even after they die. They call it Live Forever Mode. Live Forever, one of Oasis's best songs, by the way. By collecting huge amounts of data on users, including the movements and sounds users make when interacting in Somnian Space, you'll be able to engage with people, including family and friends, after you've passed away. Yes, rejoice. It's looking like our podcast will live forever, Chad. Shout out to Somnian Space. <laughs> That's scary as shit. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. So uh, shout out to Tina Lyons, our marketing friend from AMS, Alexander Mann Solutions. Well, okay. she's not there anymore. She actually landed a new gig at Aliro, startup Aliro. Okay. But it's kind of weird. I mean, we, we talked about Jeanette leads coming into mm-hmm. to AMS and hourly Quincy wins the 2022 best women in RPO list. Yeah. And then she's gone. Yep. And now Tina is gone. One of their major marketing top guns. So, you know, mm. we might have to reach out and see what's going what, on. Uh, yeah. Be careful. What, what, what are you saying? I don't know. I don't uh, know what I don't know. That's the problem. Something, Something's amiss at the Circle K, I think, is what you're saying. That's exactly right. We need to get Jeanette on the phone and see what's going on uh, at AMS Hourly. Shout out to Cell X. This got my attention because it looks like sex when you see the uh, the news item. Uh, so, so Cell X uh, provides access uh, on, to on-demand sales talent uh, who are empowered to work with anyone, anywhere. Uh, at launch, over 150 companies, including Deal, are utilizing CellX to reduce risk, cost, and time associated with building, managing, scaling, and retaining an in-house sales development team. Uh, yet another reason companies don't actually have to hire people in 2022. Shout out to CellX. And I think the, the contract sales team thing is a uh, underreported, under uh, underappreciated opportunity. Yes, and uh, I expect more companies to uh, to follow Cellax's lead and create teams that people can just take off a shelf and sell their product. Totally agree. Which means you have to have a product that's easy to articulate. We'll talk about that later. Uh, my next shout out. Believe it or not, goes to Paps Blue Ribbon. Who would have fucking what? thought that I would give Paps a shout out? Anyway. Paps Blue Ribbon Easter Kegs. So instead of hiding painted Easter eggs, Paps hid pastel painted beer kegs, which <laughs> their, their their brand refers to as kegs. Get it? Easter uh-huh. kegs. Anyway, yeah, around yeah. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, of Tampa, course. and Portland last Saturday, April 16th, uh, consumers obviously had to be age 21 or older, but if they found the keg- they could keep it. And all of this was pretty much worked off of social. You got the clues on social media. So this was an awesome marketing campaign, I think. Yeah. Giddy up to to PBR, the best cheap beer <laughs> in the world, by the way. Uh, by the way, 4th of July, they put out their 100 case uh, option for PBR. It's like a 10, <laughs> 10 yard long uh, case of beer. Anyway, no. so are these... 
Were these actual kegs or pony kegs? I think they're actually actual kegs. Holy crap. The kegs are heavy, dude. Like, yeah. You don't just pick them up and go. You got to like deal with a truck or something to anyway. I'm sure that some great idea. Probably some great pictures while people were trying to figure out how do I get this thing to my house. But yeah, shout out to PBS. And speaking of beer, Chad. Yes, listeners, if they didn't know this, can get free beer from Chad and Cheese, or at least a chance to. That's right. If they just go to chadcheese.com. And we're giving away, get this, Chad, we're giving away T-shirts from Emissary, Yes. beer from our, our friends at Pillar, and we're giving nice. away whiskey from our homies at Tex Kernel. So if you haven't got on that, kids, go to chadcheese.com and sign up for the chance to win free beer, whiskey, and or T-shirts. It's too easy. It's just too, too easy. easy. Yeah. Not to mention, if you've been missing free, you probably, you. I hope you didn't miss pods that happened earlier this week. We had Lee Henderson, a.k.a. HR Manifesto on. And if oh. you missed that interview, you got to check it out. She's a legit corporate HR leader who is killing it on TikTok, Instagram, and a bunch of different social media platforms. On TikTok alone, she has over 450,000 followers and over 9 million likes. So check that out. It's called HR Manifesto. We also did the Europe show with Levin, of course, and yep. guest straight out of an Irish pub, Neil Dunwoody. I can make you. That's wish. right, baby. We're talking handshakes, European expansion, economy, and whack pods. It was, it was a great one. It was a good one. Spank pods, wank <laughs> pods. Uh, shout out to Pando. Our friends at Pando uh, sent both of us a box full of goodies, which we oh, always yeah. love to get. Even if it's not brown and drinkable, we still love. <laughs> the free deliveries. So shout yes. out to Pando Logic. Birthdays, not a lot, but let's highlight those real quick. Uh, listeners, Matt Lozar, <laughs> Steve Gilbert, and Shama Hyde, who I think was a former direct employer's keynote. <laughs> do I do I have that right? I can't remember. Shama, okay, yeah. We were, we were all drunk in the aughts anyway. But anyway, yeah. uh, shout out to them uh, celebrating a birthday this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy birthday! Excellent. So events, kids. Okay. So if you haven't got your tickets for Belgium and you're in Europe, once again, what the hell are you waiting for? Not to mention, Cheeseman, have you seen where we're going to be set up in Belgium for the e-recruitment Congress? Have you have you seen the layout? I've seen the map, the blueprint, whatever they're yes. calling it. Yes, I have seen it. We're, we're in a balcony with a bar. <laughs> We're the Muppets. We're the Muppets no, with beer, basically. No, I was going to say those guys got nothing on us because they didn't, unless they had flasks that we couldn't see. But uh, yeah, no, we've got a bar and we're going to have a balcony. We're going to be, from, from my understanding, streaming live on LinkedIn. Yeah, I think uh, the E-Recruitment Congress, House of HR, Leave Enrica, those guys have this shit nailed down. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Not to mention, did I not hear that we're going to be on a boat? We're supposed to be on a boat. We, okay. are, we have verbal commitment that we'll be on a boat. And this, I assume, is not some fishing boat or a pontoon boat, but maybe yacht type boat uh, from one of our one of our favorite sponsors. So okay. stay tuned for that, kids. There may be a live show from a boat, which will break all precedent for Chad and Cheese and maybe peak Chad and Cheese. And it's all downhill from that. Yeah, who knows? But who knows? But who knows? Who knows? And yeah. by the way, Chad... Not just a bar, not just a bar with beer, mm -hmm. but a bar with Belgian beer, which yes. I have to remind everyone wow. is the best beer in yes. the world. So, yes. yeah, 
This could spell trouble. Make sure we wear life jackets. Please make sure I'm wearing a life jacket <laughs> on this boat. Uh, well, then, then we come back and we're going to Vegas for Unleash. So have now sir. have you seen the blueprint for where we're going to be on the floor at Unleash? I have, and I'm not sure we could be more in the center of everything at Unleash. That could be dangerous. Yes, yes. We're the the pod, the Chad and Cheese podcast pit is set up literally in the middle of everything. Not to mention during Unleash, this is like an after hours event. If you receive a VIP party invite from Pandalogic or maybe directly from yours truly, Chad mm-hmm. and Cheese, you'd be smart to RSVP. Just think Chad and Cheese in a speakeasy, no mics. No recording, just great off-the-record discussion about the great things that are happening in the industry, the wrong things that are happening in the industry, talking talent, landscape, technology, industry, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, So like I said, if you get an invite, make sure that you RSVP because space is limited by design. We want a small group. The rules are there are no rules. (laughs) Cats and dogs living together in a speakeasy. I'm pretty excited about Vegas as well. I love it. (laughs) Pando's got it. Topics. All right, Chad. Well, you know how we do. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oyster. An HR platform aimed at remote workers. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Announced Wednesday that it has surpassed a $1 billion valuation after closing a $150 million Series C round. Notable backers include Salesforce Ventures and LinkedIn. Hmm. The funding round comes less than a year after a 50 million Series B, valuing the company at 475 million at the time, and just two years since its January launch in 2020. Oyster yeah. has grown from 17 employees in 2020 to 500 employees in over 70 countries. Women make up 50% of its leadership team and 60% of its employee base, which it was quick to highlight in its news release. Sounds like this oysters making pearls. Chad, thoughts? <laughs> so that's gold, we, baby. We first, I think, reported on remote and oyster together back in April of 2020. Uh, remote came out of the barrel hot with simple uh, to the point messaging and vision where oyster was a nebulous blob of catchphrases back then. I mean, I I was personally embarrassed for their marketing department back then. But Mm. today, kids, a couple of years later, Oyster seems to have pulled it together. Their marketing pitch is, quote, hire anywhere, thrive everywhere. I love that. We're your trusted partner for expanding your team across borders, hire, pay, and care for teammates across the globe, end quote. They've started to pull their messaging together, which is amazing. So that, to me, deserves an applause. Um, they obviously heard the episode that you know we put out in April of 2020. But I think it's important to remember, especially for founders or those looking to become founders, you can have an amazing product, but if you don't have a tight vision and marketing message for your team, especially your sales peeps, even though you'd like to think your product sells itself, it never usually does. So you got to tighten your shit up, which Oyster did. And they did it in pretty quick fashion. Marketing 101 lessons from Chad Sowash, kids. You didn't think you'd get that today, did you? Okay. You're welcome. Let's summarize here for a second and look at the landscape. Deal, 
that's E-E-L, mm-hmm. has raised $629 million. Remote has raised a total of $496 million. Eightfold, $396 million, and Oyster is now at $224 million. Uh, when Remote raised $300 million earlier this month, I asked who would be the Pepsi to its Coke? Uh, not sure not sure oyster can be the pepsi uh but maybe they can settle for being dr pepper or fanta which are both perfectly enjoyable sodas uh their differentiator talking about marketing uh they talk a lot on their release about dei and b and Mm -hmm. that messaging and imagery is pretty strong on their site as well Uh, i think it's a smart position to take whereas most of the others are really high in tech and efficiencies. Uh, and I think it'll be a factor in many uh, prospects in terms of deciding to use Oyster over other competitors. Remote work isn't going away, and all these companies have timed the market, whether on purpose or accidentally, uh, just right, and the money flowing into their businesses is no surprise. Uh, I feel like we'll be talking about these businesses a lot the next five plus years. Where they all take their companies will be fascinating to watch and talk about. Minor prediction, the M&A is going to be hot. I think these companies are going to be buying a lot of businesses to help grow their footprint uh, globally. And that'll be fun to talk about on a podcast like the Chad and Cheese podcast. On a podcast. On a podcast. On a boat. Yeah. One of the quotes that I saw from the press release was was pretty awesome. It says, Oyster has created a vibrant team of 500 employees with employees in over 60 countries, a diverse leadership team, and an employee base that is over 60% female. The company enjoys one of the highest employee engagement scores in its class, Oyster is proof that companies don't need an office to create highly engaged culture. They just need a compelling mission, demonstrated impact, and clear core values. Even though I hate Oyster's color scheme still, I think I'm falling in love with this organization because they are again, they came out of the they came out of the barrel and they were cold. I mean, they were cold. You didn't know what they did. Now they've tightened so many things up. And, uh, you know, hence, I think this uh, this funding, the big question is, are they taking enough? Because this this TAM for them is fucking humongous. So the question is, have they taken enough? If they haven't, I'm sure there will be more funds available for another round. For sure. What what do you like to call talent.com to uh, indeed.com? It's it's the nice indeed or the friendly indeed. The polite indeed. These guys feel like the polite remote solution. They feel like they're they're nice and warm and fuzzy. And I think that will appeal to a lot of people. A lot of buyers. A lot of buyers. Well, speaking of buyers, Chad, yes. uh, you might have heard the healthcare industry is kind of hot uh, right a about little, now, yes. which brings us to Clipboard Health a San Francisco-based marketplace that matches nurses with open shifts at nearby healthcare facilities. Uh, they announced it had raised a $80 million over two unannounced rounds, a $50 million Series B round in 2021, and a $30 million Series C round this year at a $1.3 billion valuation, Chad. You know what that means. I get to play the unicorn soundbite. Using the platform... <laughs> Facilities can post shifts they need to fill, and healthcare workers can book these shifts, managing their schedules via Clipboard's mobile app. Competitors include Nurse Dash, Incredible Health, IntelliCare, which we covered a few weeks ago, yep. CareRev, and Nomad Health. Chad, what are your thoughts on the gig economy? A little uh, 
a little bit of that coming to the healthcare industry. Yeah, I think it's interesting because we know that there's a huge problem here and there has been for decades, right? I think it's interesting the funding that they're getting or the funding that they're not getting. We're ta- we just talked about, you know, a group of startups that are getting, you know, half a billion dollars in funding and these guys, they're either so goddamn good that they don't need the money mm-hmm. or they need, you know, some somebody pitching better. I- I'm not sure. But the healthcare talent market has been a mess. Not enough talent for everyday life-saving positions, which is why two weeks ago we talked about IntelliCare, like you yep. said, who received $115 million in Series C. Um, Clipboard is on their Series C and they're under $100 million. It's a real problem that needs solved, being yep. the whole not finding enough talent, not having enough talent, and not being able to, to position the talent that you do have in the right shifts. Um, but to make it easier for those who are qualified, yet maybe even semi-retired or retired, mm-hmm. it's got to get easier for those those workers to be able to pick up shifts here and there where they want. Flexibility is the biggest key, I think. Yep. Think of it for like Uber drivers. They're bored. You're at home. You flip on the app and then you go and you pick somebody up, right? It's the same thing for this type of app, especially for, for individuals who might be working a regular shift, but they sure. want to pick up more time at a at another facility that's that's local. The, the thing is, though, Clipboard is currently in 30 cities. This cash should be focused on building that out to 300 cities. They really need, because this is so hyper-local, yep. they need to be partnering with n- nursing unions, nursing schools, and those types of, of talent pools so that they can map the local markets. Because if they go to these local markets with the nurses already mapped into it, at least a good amount or a good start, they own the market at that point. Yeah, I think many of these platforms are going in trying to sell this as a, a SaaS opportunity to healthcare systems. If you bring the pool and you bring the, 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 the commoditized app with you, Man, you just fucking won. Yeah. Look, you have, I I think, 77, 79 million baby boomers. They're not getting any healthier uh, for the the most part. Right. And and if you don't have nurses, you're out of business as a hospital that need to care for these folks. So this was sort of an easy prediction that these types of businesses that offered flexibility uh, would come around. I the Uber the Uber thing is interesting because I I, I wonder if you'll get into some sort of like market driven uh, salaries or opportunities. So in other words, if you work during the day, you make more than at night, or if you work during major holidays or when when traffic is higher, uh, like surge pricing. I wonder if that that comes into play with some of these. But yeah. overall, I think you can almost uh, copy and paste uh, what I said about IntelliCare uh, a few weeks ago. You know, one in four nursing degrees actually practice nursing. That's a real problem. Flexibility will help get some of them back, particularly even ones that maybe have retired. Nursing is a tough job, um, and I think adding elements of the gig economy, those being flexibility, freedom, uh, family time, taking care of elder parents, whatever, are all paramount for, for folks. The companies like Clipboard, who can provide a hybrid between full-time brick-and-mortar work and the gig economy will thrive. Uh, I have a bit of a prediction, though, as I'm basically regurgitating <laughs> my IntelliCare commentary. Uh-huh. Uh, my prediction is... ZipRecruiter will acquire one of these companies in the next 12 months. Why, you ask? One, it's a good idea. Uh, And two, 
they need to juice their anemic stock price that's been going nowhere since its IPO, uh, even though we're in the hottest labor market in 20 years. I think ZipRecruiter needs to get on the healthcare tip and buy one of these companies that are providing a gig economy perspective on nursing jobs. Yeah, but that's just me. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I don't see that happening. I do, I do see. I do see. Obviously, like you'd said, the market. We saw this coming first and foremost, even before the pandemic. Then we had a pandemic, and the next thing you know, you have all these nurses and these these healthcare workers who are burnt the fuck out, just yeah. trying to get you know, normal Billy Bob to wear his fucking mask in the emergency room. I mean, they took enough shit, right? Now they, they, they want to breathe. That's fine. Give them flexibility. Give them the opportunity to at least come back because much like you said, most of those nurses who are certified and they have degrees, they're not doing the job. It's the exact same issue that we're seeing in trucking. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I think those two professions are some of the most important in our our economy, if not the world. And anything that we can do, whether it be private market or public uh, efforts, is a good thing because it keeps it keeps the engine running. Trust me. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. And speaking of keeping the engine running, Chad, let's take a quick break and pay some bills, and then we'll talk about privacy and higher view. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com that's pandologic.com those two things don't go together privacy no, higher view no. go, go ahead go ahead tell me tell me what we're doing no, that's like a that's like a hair sandwich that's just not tasty at all all right so chad states states are getting punchy that, those are your words uh which i put they in are. there so so let's start with new york state New York, you know, uh, is already uh, making transparency and salaries the law of the land, and they're not finished. Uh, in New York, beginning on May 7th, which is right around the corner, all private employers in New York State will be required to notify employees of electronic monitoring in the workplace. Any thoughts on that, Chad? Obviously, I think they know that their emails are monitored, but maybe some other things would be a little surprising to them. What do you think about this transparency? Yeah, I, I, I like that New York is really pressing uh, transparency. Uh, New York City is looking for wage transparency. Now you have the state who's looking to be transparent and, and, and basically just say, you know, dear employee, you work for a company that doesn't trust you. And since you've been working from home, we feel like we've lost 
control, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's, again, we talked about this last week. Many of these companies are in that headspace right now. This is something that is incredibly uncomfortable for them because they went through the ranks in the office. This is something that we had to do because of the pandemic. Now that we're all getting used to it, they need to find new ways to quote unquote control their people. Ask them why they weren't on the phone from, you know, X, you know, this hour to this hour or what have you, uh, instead of providing true autonomy, right? If an individual is actually making their quota, they're making their goals, they're, they're hitting their phase lines on projects, leave them the fuck alone, right? Yep. This to me, I think, again, it's transparency that everybody needs. This should be called the Jeffrey Tubin law. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so you're basically saying that the frog, if it's being boiled, should know exactly the temperature that it's being boiled at over time. Yeah, I think this is one of the more interesting news items uh, that we sort of threw up for this week. Do companies have to disclose that they're using a service like Fama, for example, which reviews social media activity to employees? And will employees care? I think it makes employers less likely to go outside of email and texts when monitoring employees. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of services that monitor Slack messages. There are services, not only social media, but looks at uh, your text messages and things like that. I think that will surprise a lot of employees, and I think that it will it will probably make companies less likely to go outside of the box in terms of how they monitor uh, their employees. And I also think it will bring up the question in interviews, knowing that uh, it's part of the law that interviewees will ask exactly how will I be monitored as an employee. And I think those are healthy questions that companies should have with prospective candidates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if an individual takes that position, that position, they should know that they're, they're being monitored. I mean, that's just, it's fairly simple. Well, let's go fly over uh, the Midwest and much of the West and go to California. (laughs) Uh, A newly proposed amendment to California's hiring discrimination laws would make AI powered employment decision-making software, a source of legal liability. Chad, thoughts on California taking the initiative on illegal liabilities for AI recruitment? Yeah. So, I mean, there's some things that I don't like and and things that I do like. I'm going to start off with the things that I think are unnecessary. First off, in most of the text, they do point out problems that exist. Hooray for them. But we already have regulations on the books and enforcement agencies like the EEOC and OFCCP that focus on these issues. What California should be pressing are the number of compliance audits for Fortune 500 companies, not wasting paper and pandering. This to me Mm -hmm. feels more, more pandering than it does anything else. But what I did like is, quote, the proposed also specifically mentions that vendors must maintain records for each customer it trains models for. Why do I like this? Because it holds the vendor's feet to the fire, training data and monitoring the algorithm behaviors. You've got to do that. You can't just allow an algorithm to go Amazon. (laughs) It went Amazon, man. It went full Amazon on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think the question for California to me is what will constitute, quote, AI powered employment decision making, end quote. That's a pretty gray area and it'll be left up to the courts to decide. But as we know that HR's job is largely to keep the company out of court. Mm -hmm. What if every recruitment tech that touts AI is suddenly toxic uh, to use in California, which makes 
all these vendors who tout AI, a hot potato for potential potential buyers. And I think that mm-hmm. could be a really devastating situation for a lot of companies that are, are using layers of AI um, in their products. Because even if it's legal, if companies feel like, oh, shit, we're not touching that, um, it could be a real hindrance into buying buying those those products. And speaking yeah. of devastating, mm-hmm. you mentioned HireVue. Yes. And hot potatoes. So let's let's jump to HireVue and what it could mean for that. So in light of the news out of California, HireVue is passing the buck to employers, apparently. After getting in trouble in Illinois with their facial recognition, they now have an AI explainability statement on their website. Sounds pretty cool, huh? Well, maybe not. Uh, said Susan Scott Parker, founder of Scott Parker International and global expert and thought leader on disability she said this on LinkedIn, quote, HireVue have clarified that buyers of their HR technologies must indeed beware. It is HireVue's belief that it is the recruiting employer as controller of the data who will be liable should a job seeker claim discrimination, not HireVue, described as merely, quote, the data processor, end quote. They state that is the, that it is the employer, not HireVue, who decide to grant accommodations, including exemption from relevant tests, end quote. All right, Chad, thoughts on HireVue's deniability, or I mean, explainability statement. Yeah, HireVue customers are on the hook, not HireVue. And they have been, right? That's how the regulations are written. And I appreciate that. And I think that's exactly the way that it should be. But going back to the California proposed regulations that say vendors, aka data processors, hire view, you can call yourself whatever the fuck you want, aka data processors, Mm -hmm. they must keep their training data. And yes, they would be then on the hook. So it's not just important for the companies to understand their data. It's also important for the vendors to be able to understand their data. So let me just say this. Mm -hmm. Any platform worth their salt, they're not going to be mad about this because they are already paying attention to the algorithms. They are already doing their due diligence to ensure that the algorithms and the behaviors that are being fed for the training data, that they aren't kicking the system out of whack like Amazon's was, right? Mm -hmm. So as I'd said, Higher view, if they have a problem with it, then you should have a problem with higher view. Most of these AI platforms, they shouldn't have a problem with any of this. If they do have a problem, that, that is when you should go ahead, turn around and find another vendor. Yeah, maybe it's time to uh, buy stock in newspaper companies because the classifieds are coming back. Uh, AI is having a moment and... The world is kind of a little bit freaked out by it, I think, which is which is pretty normal. Part of me thinks they're taking a page out of the Zuckerberg doctrine, doctrine and hoping uh, to cling to some sort of Section 230 type defense saying, hey, we're the dumb technology. How you use it is on you, not on us. And, and I think savvy companies like you say will, will recognize that and not make errors in whether it's discrimination or anything else when they when they recruit. However, I do think a lot of a large portion of the of the potential customer universe is going to be scared by all of this. Um, And those companies will probably be dead in 25 years anyway. It makes sense that the lawyers in the room at HireVue said, let's have this statement. Um, I assume someone has to sign something at some point when they take on customers. Yeah. To give them maximum, uh, you know, leverage to say, it's not us. Don't sue us. Don't come after us. It's, it's on the employer. So 
interesting evolution in terms of how companies are approaching AI and servicing companies. Well, yes. And in Vegas, just so that everybody knows, we're going to be on the main stage closing out day one with EEOC Commissioner Keith Sonderling. And we're going to be talking about this specifically. I love me some Sonderling, baby. Good stuff. Go Gators. Let's go to unions. Speaking of big government. Are they still around? Yeah. Uh, So an Apple retail store in Atlanta has filed for a union election with the National Labor Relations Board. That's the NLRB. The workers, which include salespeople, technicians, creatives, and operations specialists, would be represented by the Communications Workers of America. That's the CWA. More than 70% of the group of about 100 eligible workers signed the union authorization cards, according to a news release. The minimum required is only 30%. Chad, any thoughts on... Apple unionizing. Yeah, the people want it. It's fairly simple, right? I mean, and and there's nothing wrong with this. It, it was funny when I was when I was coming up through the ranks on the corporate side. I bought into the you know rugged individualism kind of mantra, and I automatically thought that I should be in charge of my own negotiating. Right? Well, mm-hmm. I was good at negotiating. Most people are not good at negotiating. So why is it fair for me to be able to go and get a, a, a better salary doing the same work, right, than it is for somebody who's not good at negotiating? And again, that's just one, one example. Uh, there, there needs to be more of a collective bargaining agreement so that fairness and equity starts to happen because in this co- country, that is not even, we're not even close to being yep. fair and equitable with regard yeah. to work and wages. So we'll jump on to uh, to Starbucks, another big brand as well. Uh, yeah. In December, a Buffalo location of Starbucks became the first among the 9,000 corporate-owned stores in the United States to vote to unionize. Uh, now Starbucks baristas are serving up union cards across the country. More than 100 locations have now filed for union recognition in over 20 states since the campaign started in Buffalo last fall. We also talked about an Amazon location in New York filing for union representation as well. Unions are definitely having a moment, uh, but they've been beaten up for 40 plus years. Yeah. Uh, So I find it hard to believe it's maybe nothing more than some isolated wins. I don't know that it's a trend of unionization in America. Um, You know, I I think ironically, um, if the federal government which is currently controlled by the Democrats, by the way, who are supposed to be championing some of these issues, uh, would work to like raise the minimum wage, provide some form of universal health care, uh, and, mm-hmm. and dare I say, provide a level of universal basic income. Unions would be a thing of the past, uh, and companies wouldn't have to deal with these headaches. Obviously, unionization is a bigger discussion, but it is a trend that's growing. Uh, I remember when Amazon lost... Or I'm sorry, the union or the workers lost uh, in Amaz- at Amazon in I think Arizona or New New Mexico mm-hmm. that we were talking about. This is the death of unions, and that has not been the case. The question will be how much exactly energy do they have, you know, going into the future? Um, I think we're both sort of skeptical as to how uh, influential unions can be. Would I be right about that? Or do you think it's a trend whose time has come and it'll it'll grow? Yeah, no, I don't think it's it's time has come and gone. I, I don't. I, I think the time to evolve it needs to be something different than what it used to be. And and we were mainly manufacturing unions in this country, uh, for the most part. 
Yeah. Uh, and and now we're seeing Starbucks, right? It, that, that tells you where our economy has gone, right? We're more of a fast food economy than we are a manufacturing economy, mm-hmm. which is a problem. It's a huge, huge fucking problem. But for me, this is a bad optics situation for, for Starbucks because the major grassroots organizers right now are women, non-binary people, queer yep. women, and yep. people of color, part, particularly women of color. Yeah. And with a workplace composition of 70% female, this doesn't send the right message, right? You, you, you're you saying that we're a diverse workforce, but yet we don't want to pay you or treat you fairly or allow you representation. To me, from an optic standpoint, this is, this is a, a non-starter. Sure. I mean, the, the, you know, a hundred years ago, the disenfranchised were the uneducated, you know, the Irish, the Italians, the Chinese, and a lot of the, a lot of the movements back then were based on, on those folks. And the, the ones you just mentioned, women, binary, et cetera, never got a voice, right? Right. They never had their moment in the sun. No. And this in many, in many ways is their voice or their time to, to, to speak up and unionize. Um, and I think that's incredibly powerful. Um, as I was saying, my my commentary, I, I kind of forgot childcare, right? Like, yeah. like that is something that Jesus. wasn't thought about a hundred years ago. And now it's a huge part of uh, you know family structures and and being a prosperous country. So yeah, I I do really appreciate that the folks that are leading this charge are the ones that were were not heard hundred fifty uh, years ago when unions really had their moment in the sun. Agreed. All right, let's take a quick break, pay some bills, and uh, have some tequila with the kids. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. All right, Chad, here we go. Our final story, baby. All right, we've heard about parents having a drink or five to take the edge off of, well, parenthood, But this is ridiculous. A kindergarten class in Michigan accidentally drank tequila during snack time. (laughs) One of the kids brought a bottle of ready-to-drink Jose Cuervo margarita mix in her backpack. Several students drank it, and one kindergartner, quote, felt woozy, end quote, and a, quote, little dizzy, end quote, after having four or five sips from a Dixie cup. What better way to drink margaritas, by the way? What's worse, the kindergartner who initially brought the drink knew it was alcoholic, Fox, <laughs> Fox 2 Detroit reported. In a statement, the school said, quote, it's unfortunate that these types of adult beverages can be easily mistaken for child-friendly drinks, end quote. Makes me long for the days when we were kids and could embrace Joe Camel and smoke candied cigarettes. Ah, those were the days, weren't they, Chad? 
They were. And it's odd because, I mean, if you think about it, it's snack time, little Cheez-Its, little tequila, and then you roll right into nap time. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our campaign slogan going into 2024, kids, when Chad and Cheese run for monster president and CEO once again. And with that... Another episode is in the books, Chad. We We out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? The podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, Pepper Jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! We'd never admit it, but deep down, we all get at least some pleasure from bad things happening to somebody we don't like. History's full of stories about bitter enemies being mutually horrible. Usually nothing good comes of it. But sometimes, sometimes, you get soul singers James Brown and Joe Tex, or 17th century nun Sor Juana, and the entire Catholic Church duking it out and dramatically changing our world. On Beef with Bridget Todd, we tell the stories of those petty feuds behind some of the greatest art, innovation, and global events. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts.